This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Can't get enough of Boomer and Carton in the morning. Al Tukes and Jerry Recco are here with some sports news and updates they didn't have time to cover. Here we go. It's the Boomer and Carton postgame show with Al and Jerry. Oh, hi. It's a postgame podcast. This is Al. But the Jerry, who normally does this with me, is not here today because Jerry thought we were going on vacation today when, in fact, we're going on vacation after today's show. So with me is Eddie Scazzeri. Hi, Eddie. Oh, hi there, Al. Does this happen often where uh, you deal with schedules and vacation days? Do uh, people screw up the days or just Jerry? Oh, no. People do it all the time. They do. Like, oh, I forgot that it was Memorial Day. Yeah. Or I forgot that it was Easter. I mean, come on. Because it's frowned upon, especially in the radio business, if you're going on a vacation or you're going on a three-day weekend to take the the day before everybody else. The tack on. The tack on, yes, the tack on day, because we all here are uh, working today. Yes. Uh, so it is 4th of July weekend, and Eddie, I had a story the other day, which I'd saved for you. Okay. Knowing you were going to be doing this today, Thursday, that on the 4th of July is the day that more pets go missing than any other day of the year, because I guess uh, dogs do not like fireworks. Yeah, there's a lot of dogs who are very sensitive to fireworks uh, and thunderstorms yeah. and that sort of thing. And 4th of July is usually a constant barrage, at least in this area, of explosions. And they say that dogs, much like, you know how humans get into a situation where you need superhuman strength or your adrenaline's going? Yes. They say the same thing happens with dogs where a dog might not normally be able to scale your backyard fence, but when he's frightened and scared, that extra oomph, maybe he gets over the fence or he, he pulls extra hard on the on the chain and he's broke breaks free. Correct. Because of this. What do your dogs do? What are the seeing eye dogs once they're fully trained when you train them? Do they react to how do you get them to not go crazy with fireworks? Well, uh this is a bit yeah, I guess well, not really technical, but perhaps right. boring to the others. Oh, a little boring. Screw it. All right. Um the seeing eye uh discourages uh, us from bringing pups to fireworks shows because okay. you can permanently ruin a dog because they'll freak out because that yeah if they're too young and they're exposed to it then you know they can't be a guide because if the if a car backfires in the street or whatever an explosion happens they will freak and no longer be able to guide a blind person right the blind person will be without their dog because the dog's freaking out right and i had currently i have a pup i'm raising cooper who you cooper, met yeah uh, and he's fine. He's not sensitive to thunder or uh, fireworks. And one of the other ones who is my own dog now, Quail, she's fine. But my oldest dog, he developed a fear of the loud noises and trucks and thunder and fireworks while he was up at the seeing eye being a breeder. And now he, uh, we have a thunder shirt for him that we have to wrap around him whenever it's thunderstorms or we have fireworks. Yeah, my on. dog would hide under the bed. Yeah. Well, what Harley likes to do is he likes to climb in your lap. Oh, and he's become a lap about dog. seventy-five pounds and very leggy, and it's a bit awkward. I never understood why humans like fireworks. I don't get it. 
Well, I mean, it's sort of, you know, they're visually appealing. But the explosion part. I get the yes. visually appealing when they light up the sky. It's very cool. Right. But why do they have to explode? Well, I mean, it's just like when there's, a, you know, big victories in battle and all that, the soldiers will fire their guns in the air. And right. It's just, uh, I think, something that's just become sort of a standard uh, celebratory uh, part cream of, pie, uh, yeah, or cream pie, celebratory yeah. cream pie. It's just become a part of of what we uh, what we do. Yeah. Um, one of the other things. What about hot dogs? You, were hot, you we had the hot dog eating contest yes. gal in here. Um, I don't think I would have the ability to slam a bunch of hot dogs at no. one time. No. The way she was describing it was that you. I don't even think she was talking about chewing the hot dogs. Was she just talking about sliding them down your throat to yeah, swallow pretty them? Yeah, much. Maybe like you know, maybe biting them in half or something. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, biting them in half. Yeah, it's quite gross. The whole the yeah. whole thing to watch those eating competitions. I I don't see the appeal. I, I actually would rather watch like an MMA fight, which I don't like either. Uh, than watch an eating competition. So really, something you definitely would not watch then would be someone eating a bunch of hot dogs and getting punched in the face. Correct. That would be right out. You that be, that no might interest. be a little niche uh, <laughs> Niche programming. programming. I would pitch that to Spike TV. Yeah. So you eat a lot of hot dogs, 45 hot dogs in two minutes. Yeah, it's MMA eat. And then you get in the ring and get punched in the face. Yeah. Until you quit. Or or you're trying to eat the hot dogs while somebody is pummeling you. Oh, that's a good one, too. That's even better. And you have to try to, like, kick them away while you swallow exactly. another hot dog. Exactly. I like it. And then you Heimlich. Right. Uh, we also brought up, for some reason, uh, doing the wash. I guess Craig was, mm-hmm. was talking about he does the wash or yes. that he used to. Um, one thing he said that seemed interesting was to use the washing machine as your laundry basket. And when the washing machine is full, then you run a load. Yes. That's a, that seems like almost like a, something like a single guy like yourself yeah, would do. But I do separate my colors, but only only this way. I separate darks and lights. Yeah, that's fine. And the grays, I wear a lot of gray. Right. Go either way. You can go either way. You pick pick your one. Like with the towels. Yes. You can throw the towels in it. All little. towels go in. Right. Sheets, all sheets go in. Exactly. It doesn't matter the color. Right. Uh, but it, he got me thinking uh, when I was um, when I was an uh, an adolescent boy. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you when you're living at home and you have like a communal hamper. Yes. And then mom does the wash right. a lot of times, especially yes. growing up in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. That was my case. Mm-hmm. My mom did all the laundry. And in our bathroom, we had one big laundry uh, thing where we throw our dirty laundry. The hamper. The hamper. So uh, there were times when my underwear, for whatever reason, right, had stuff in it, whether that was frontal or back stuff. Well, but I thought you said that this was as you were an adolescent, but I thought yeah. that frontal thing maybe didn't happen until later in life. Well, the frontal thing uh, happens when you don't do it yourself. Oh, yes. Your body must get rid of it in the evening. Uh, yes. Uh, nocturnal. Ni- nocturnal emissions. Yes. So I would have that. Yes. And then what I would do, I, I would fold up my underwear and right. just put it down in the hamper in the corner. Right. But... At some point, my of mother course. had a had to um, uh, what do you call that when you when you go through the laundry to you sort it? Sort it. At some point, my mother had to sort the laundry. By the way, these are really simple words you're grasping for, uh, Eddie. It's I'm Eddie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's bad. I we slept. No, we I did know. not sleep last yeah, night because of this, this, this softball game, traffic, the whole thing. Yeah, we hit a lot of traffic. So 
yeah, to sort the laundry. So at some point, she had to be like, what is going on? Yeah, well, I think, you know. Do mothers um, know about of that? Of course. They do? Yes. So if I ask my sisters. Yes. You think they know because they have sons. Yes. You think they're aware of that? Of course. Nocturnal emissions. A hundred percent. And even maybe, you know, stuff where it's not just, you know, happening involuntarily. Purposely doing it. Of course. And then throwing it in the laundry? Well, I mean, you go, you know, you have to sort of develop techniques and, you know, ways to do things. Right. And when you're first experimenting, you know, you know, these things don't, you know, these things don't come to you until later on. Right. Of how to deal with things. I see. Yeah, it did not work for me. And they also the other strange thing about that is why is the default color for underwear white? Uh, that's, uh, that's one of the great mysteries of life. You Same know? with like in hotels, the sheets and the towels are always white. Yes. Almost always. Or I feel like if they were darker colors, I wouldn't see like out of sight, out of mind. Yes. But I guess the theory of everything being white is that you can bleach it. Yeah. Bleach right? the hell out of it. That's why all those hotels have that sort of hotel towel smell to them. Yeah. And they're also like kind of uh, brittle. Yeah. They they're kind stiff, of brittle. not too soft. Stiff, exactly. Not yeah. too soft at all. Here's another topic that I think you'll enjoy. Already? There are... I always wonder when, at what point are we going to run out of space for burying people? Uh-huh. Cemeteries. Yes. Because it is weird. Like it's, I'm surprised. I don't know how do we've... Doing the math, how we haven't hit that critical point already. Well, it has really only become an issue uh, since the embalming became standardized which is when oh gosh i would say probably somewhere in the early 20th century and what were they doing before that they would well, bury you but bury you you know and depending on the situation they would either just bury you in a hole in the ground with no coffin uh but then the coffins that were around then were just basically wooden boxes which would disintegrate also first of all they're not sealed and of course the you know, bacteria and the bugs and all that could get in there, do their job. So you kind of reduce it to bones and then those will just decompose and away you go. And the whole wooden bog and everything just gets reabsorbed. But with the sort of embalming and the formaldehyde and the sealed caskets where you can open them up decades later and you still have a sort of mummified remains, you know, that's a problem. Well, and why did we do that? You know a lot about a lot of things. Well, Why would I mean, we do that, that was just a, a people, the, the Egyptians started all that with entombing people and mummification. And it was just a way to um, honor the dead and sort of get them ready and prepare them for the afterlife. Because a lot of Kool-Aid drinkers, no offense, uh, Kool-Aid drinkers out there. But, um, you know, people want to believe in this afterlife. So that was just part of the of the process, especially back you know thousands of years ago yeah there's that there's had to have and they used to put like change in the like the in the tomb you know just so they would have some money in the afterlife which get is, yourself a little something yeah, when you get little, to the hey, afterlife you know you, you, may, you might want a soda in purgatory <laughs> i mean you never know right i'm always freaked out a little bit by that stretch of the new jersey uh, parkway mm -hmm. where you go through there's a cemetery, a, a large cemetery, yes. where they're, all the stones are close together yep. to the left and to the right, which means we're driving over dead bodies, yeah, right? Yeah, that's in the oranges. In uh, the no, oranges. you're probably not actually driving over You think dead. they moved those bodies uh, oh, for sure. when they made the parkway? Uh, yes, unless, you know, 
the contractor was really uh, low class and just didn't care. Right. In which case, there, you know, that stretch of the parkway could be haunted yes. by the spirits of the dead who are now disturbed and all that stuff. I see a story here. So yes. there in Manhattan, mm-hmm. there are two graves remaining. Two, there are two plots left. Mm-hmm. It was suitable for two bodies. That's it. If you want to be buried in Manhattan, there are only two left. And it's got to be like for the Rockefellers or something like that. They are $350,000 a piece. This is uh, the uh, New York Marble Cemetery. It's on East 2nd Street between 2nd Avenue and the Bowery. Okay. They've opened up for sale. Uh, 70, uh, it had a, it's a 75-year waiting period. Mm-hmm. So we we cannot get those because no. we'll, we'll be dead before yes. seventy five years. So it's really got to be like a, for your, if you had a new baby, I guess. Yeah, and you can't really buy a plot. Uh, yeah, for not your baby for an infant. No, that's kind of no, morbid. It's very strange. Yeah, although if you really love New York and you want you you want to be uh, buried here, I would want to be buried out in the country. Well, you know this. I I want to be cryo frozen. Cryo frozen. Your whole body. Uh, or, you know, just the brain, however they figure it out to where... What about the head, they my, say? Well, yes, yeah, the brain or whatever, the consciousness somehow. Uh, my essence is retained mm-hmm. and then maybe put into some, like, you know, really hot android body, which would be cool. Yeah. Uh, and then, but but I want to be awoken on first contact. With the aliens. With the aliens, when the first uh, alien race makes contact with us or we with we with them, however many years in the future... Uh, that is. Are they currently doing this? Like, if you had enough money, would you be able to go get your your head or body frozen? That's what Ted Williams did, yes. right? And also Walt Disney was is one of the. Is more that famous. one true? Yes. Yeah. Walt Disney's frozen his whole body. Uh, I, I I guess you know it could be a r- urban legend, but yeah, I've always heard that he's in suspended animation. Get it? Get it. I, oh, because he was an yeah, animator. I mean, yeah. Walt Disney. There. Walt Disney. Ted Williams. Ted Williams. Yeah. Eddie Scizzari. Yeah. Those are the three people. Yeah. Nice little troika. Yeah, I think we should just all go to cremation. Uh, you could do that. You know? Uh, ultimately, that's what we'll have to do. Yeah. Because there just won't be room. Yeah, it's it's a very weird concept, the, as you were saying, the, how the coffins changed over the years. Yes. And how now they're just hermetically sealed. Yeah. And they there's no decomposing right. or any of that stuff. See, the Egyptians started all that, but... But were th- those are for special Egyptians. Spe- well, exactly. Like it the was kings. Like, you know, the Egyptian version of you and I, we're, just, <laughs> we <would. laughs> we're getting fed to jackals. So Egyptian boomer... Yeah, oh, he's definitely... He's entombed. Um, 100%. He's like King Tut. Exactly. Egyptian Eddie Allen Jerry. No shot. No shot. We're just going into the ground. Right, if that. <laughs> we might actually be turned into the fields as fertilizer. <laughs> More likely. I don't want to do that. Well. Would you have any interest in visiting the um, the pyramids? Uh, uh, mild interest. I, me too. I have mild interest in that. I'm like much more that than going to museums and yeah. all that stuff. No interest. I'm much more into the sort of natural wonders and, yeah. and seeing that sort of thing. So, but the... Egyptian tombs, that's pretty cool. That is that seems cool. Is Stonehenge near there or no? Would I have Stonehenge? to make two Yeah, would I have no, to that's make that's in England. So I'd have to make two different trips. Uh, yes, of clear well, I guess Stonehenge. you could combine it, but uh I, I I think like Stonehenge would be like what happened when I went to the Grand Canyon. It was a place I always wanted to visit, yes. always wanted to see. Right. And then when I got there, I saw it. Right. 
And really, after a short time, you go, okay, uh, like, what do you do at Stonehenge or the pyramids when you get there? Well, the pyramids, I think there's just so much more history and mythology and curses and all that. And there's so many levels that they have yet to excavate even. That's, I think that's more interesting than Stonehenge, which is basically just a circle of stones right. built for whatever purpose that is lost to time. So that's, I think that would be a real brief journey unless you're into this whole mysticism and you think it's got some sort of special power or cosmic meaning or yeah. all that other stuff. But who knows? Now, the Grand Canyon, see, this is what you missed out on. I didn't hike it or anything. Exactly. To do that, you got to hike down, you know, from the top, you know, down to the bottom and, you know, camp. And then you really get a sense for the the majesty of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that I did not do. No, you did not. Well, you know, you came there, you know, with, uh, you know, you well, were I went on with a, a Super Bowl trip. I went with a group. Right. A group of strangers, right, and from yeah, the hotel, you bonded with a man who doesn't speak English, right, to take my photos, exactly. And, and you I took, took his. his yeah, it was he uh, was uh, Filipino, yes, Filipino, I believe. So he spoke Tagalog. Uh, that I don't know. Okay. Uh, now, what are you? Are you doing anything exciting with your time off? Will you be going somewhere like the, to see Egypt or the Stonehenge? Uh, no, not quite. We'll be doing what I usually do in the summertime, which is going up to Vermont with the wife and the dogs. And uh, staying at a B and B and going hiking. The B and B is interesting to me. Yes. Do you have dinner with this with the group of people? Uh, yeah. And this, yeah, this it's not like a like a you know we're not sitting all at the same table, but there are other people like in it's sort of a, a restaurant situation. So it's not you're not. I I always picture it as if you went to someone's house for dinner. Uh, or everyone's ex- sitting there. No, not exactly. Most B and Bs have like a formal sort of dining breakfast area. And this particular B&B, they also provide dinner if you if you want it. Nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, but it's not like sitting at one big picnic table with uh, everybody. Although those kinds do exist, this is not the kind we go to. Right. Well, enjoy yourself there. I don't really have any plans. I better think of something. Well, that's really not shocking, and it's a little sad, actually. Yeah, well, so a little as, bit. as soon as we got the dates, I you know, I made plans yeah. to go to Vermont. Here's the problem, Eddie. Yes. Uh, I'm not married. Yes, I, I'm not currently dating someone wherein I feel like I can go away with on them. On a trip, right? My man friends are married. Yes, they cannot go somewhere with a single guy to no. have a fun weekend. The wives do not go for that. No, no, right? Unless it's a bachelor party. But you, like you right. said, you're not getting married. Right? And they're already married. Already married. I don't feel like I have the personality to go on vacation by myself. Well, but you do everything else by yourself. I do. You know, it might be it might be okay. There's yeah, it might a lot be an adventure. Of, Bri- know, cool places that you could go. Brian I mean, Jones told me that yes. when he was a single man, he would always vacation by himself mm-hmm. and loved it. He would go to Puerto Rico, Aruba. Right. But he's an outgoing, oh, engaging professional athlete who's got game. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And a full personality. Oh my god. The yeah. guy walks into a room, oh, he he's talking over. to everybody. He takes I'm over the, the opposite. Room. Yes. I go into a room, I, I I go right into the corner. Right. So that's why I feel like not not the same. Yeah, no, it isn't. But you you know, you have to sort of investigate what what would be a good way for you to spend your free time. Right. Every time off it's the same thing. So Al got any plans? I don't eh, know. I I'll might think go of something. this. I might do that. Right. And then it's, you know, the most exciting thing you do is go visit old friends in Tampa. Right. Well, now this is so sad, the whole thing It is, is sad. very sad. 
All right, well, we'll contemplate that. We'll be back uh, not next week, the week after July 13th. Yes, yes. We will see you then. All right. Peace out. Bye. It's the Boomer and Carton post-game show. Wow! With the real stars of the show, Alan Jerry.